Let's pause now and listen to the Holy Word of Scripture that Pastor Robert is going to talk about today. It comes from the sixth chapter of Matthew's Gospel, verses 19 through 25. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Good morning. There's an old story about a, a man who was sick and he was at the end of his life. And he decided to reach out to uh, his pastor and ask him to come and be with his wife and and so that he could make a declaration. He wanted the pastor to be a witness to what he was going to say. And so the pastor packed up her stuff and, and went on and met uh, the man and his wife at their bedside. And the, the man proceeded to tell her that he wanted all of his treasures to be buried with him. That he worked round the clock and nobody should get that money but him. And he looked at the pastor and said, you make sure she does what I've asked. His wife kind of interrupted and said, don't worry about it. I'll start making plans right now for you to be buried with all of your treasure. Now, the pastor didn't think too much of it. She thought, well, perhaps it was the pain medication that was making him say these crazy things, but she was struck by how graceful the wife was in his last days and his time of need to assure him that his wishes would be taken care of. Well, a couple days later, he had passed away and they were beginning to make plans for the funeral. And as they were at the funeral home visitation, the pastor thought that she ought to at least acknowledge this request in some way. So she went up to the widow and she said, you know, I was really struck by, by how you were so kind to him when he made that kind of awkward request there at his bedside. And, and the woman said, I have always, always tried to honor my husband in our marriage. And so I indeed honored that last request. And the pastor was like, what? What did you do? You did all of that? 
And she goes, yes, in his front pocket, there's a check made out for his entire fortune. <laughs> you know, the point of this silly little story is that we do have this human condition of wanting to hold on to our stuff, wanting to put our resources away rather than sharing them with other people. Now, this is not a problem that's unique to the Western world. We, we see Jesus here teaching on it in the Sermon of the Mount, but I think we Westerners have kind of perfected this, haven't we? Um, you know, new self-storage units are popping up all over the place because storage units nationwide are 90% full. Now, in 2017, three years before the pandemic, the self-storage unit industry took in three times more than box office movie sales. Now, folks, there are totally legitimate reasons for having a self-storage unit, right? I mean, sometimes uh, our loved ones pass away and we, we have to figure out how to uh, best uh, allocate those assets. Sometimes we have an unexpected move or have to move into a different home. But <laughs> according to the Self-Storage Association, 68% of the facilities are in suburban and rural areas and 65% of people who rent them also have a garage. The crux of this industry's success just may be this real need that we have to store things up for ourselves. Now, there are many, many reasons why we store and gather things rather than give them away. Some of us become emotionally attached to our stuff, right? Especially if they belong to someone who is special to us and are no longer with us. We also have emotional attachments to things and seasons of life where, where we had some great joy and if we give them away or discard them, we think we are abandoning that part of our life. There's another thing that keeps us from, from giving our stuff away is that we caught up, we get so caught up in this mentality of we might need it again. Like we might need it to do a, a trunk or treat decoration. Uh, yes, that was a shameless plug for you to help with trunk or treat. We're gonna have 1,500 people on our campus and we need to share the love of Christ with those people. So go in your attic, get your stuff, make a fun trunk. Jesus says in this passage, this is the sermon, part of the Sermon on the Mount, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, these three chapters in the book of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, is one of the most influential texts when it comes to living out our life as Jesus followers. John Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist movement, 
spent about a fourth of his teachings on the Sermon of the Mount. Wesley took great seriousness that this was a guide to how we could practically live out our faith. Now, the interesting thing is, is that most of us today think that Jesus' exhortations in this sermon are insurmountable and unattainable. Things like turning the other cheek or loving your enemies are very foreign to us today. But in this section of the sermon that Maggie read for us today, we get a glimpse of how we can set our minds toward God so that we can be the kind of people who offer our first fruits instead of our leftovers. Verses 19 and 20 say this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Christ alerts us to the false treasures that tug at our hearts. Uh, these earthly treasures are, are, are things like clothes and possessions and wealth. Uh, each of these treasures aren't going to go with us in the end. And at the moment we need the most help in our life, the moment that we're in our most time of distress, it's not the stuff in our life that will help us, but it's the spiritual treasures in heaven. Jesus offers us the one true treasure that is worthy of the human heart. The treasure of being in relationship with God and each other. Uh, the next two verses kind of give a little bit of a strange twist on things. Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, this little discourse uh, at first glance seems somewhat disconnected from the treasures in heaven and then where your heart will be, there, there your treasures will be also. Uh, but when we dig in deeper and we realize that in the ancient world, people would have viewed the eye as the intentions of the person. The intentions behind our actions would be found in the eye. And Jesus urges us to have a childlike simplicity in all that we do when we make connections with one another. If we see Jesus in others, 
then we're able to see how God is at work in the world. If we see how God is working through even the hard times in our life, then we can be full of the light of Christ and be able to shine. Now, Jesus closes this section with uh, one of the things that's just simply so hard for us to do. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Later on in chapter 10, after the Sermon on the Mount, we have this story where uh, this um, rich young guy comes and runs up to Jesus and asks him, what, what must I do to have eternal life? And him and Jesus begin this conversation. And Jesus says to him, hey, you know the commandments, right? And he goes, yeah, I know them. I keep them all. And then Jesus does this. The scripture says Jesus looked him hard in the eye and loved him. He said, there's one thing left. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth. And come follow me. The man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear and he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. If we're gonna give our first fruits, if we're gonna give Jesus our very best, we have to be willing to let go and follow God. And for us to be able to let go of these worldly things and move to putting time and energy into the things that will last, we need to be able to shift our thinking. We, we need to look at our priorities and we need to keep God first. You know, one of the things that I try to do as I'm preparing uh, to, to teach is I like to take a key word and, and look at it in the dictionary and, and see what the synonyms and, and other ways that the word can be used. And, and this week as I was preparing, I pulled out the word treasure and I looked it up in the, in the dictionary. Well, actually I highlighted it and double clicked and it popped up on my screen. And, and I started reading the synonyms for the word treasure when it's used as a noun, and then right under it, it was used as a verb, and I read those synonyms, and the words just jumped off the page. Here's the synonyms when treasure is used as a noun. Riches, valuables, jewels, gold, fortune. When you go right down and look at it as a verb, it changes to cherish, hold dear, dote on value and worship. What Jesus is saying to people in this sermon is that we need to shift our thinking. 
The things we accumulate aren't going to last. They're going to get old, moldy, and broken. In the 830 service, uh, Mike Holly said that our treasures are not wrong. It is the hoarding them that gets us into trouble. Now, when we do things for God, treasures can last forever. Um, I, I read a news story this week, and, and I couldn't find where to give credit, and so I apologize about that. But it, it talked about how that when most people jump off the Golden Gate Bridge, they, they don't survive. The bridge is too high for the water to break your fall in order for it to be survivable. However, like many things in life, there are exceptions to that rule. And a man was just tired and he was considering leaving this world and he questioned about if taking his own life was the right thing to do. And as he walked up to the top of the Golden Gate Bridge, he said to himself, if just one person will smile at me, I'll take that as a sign that I should not take my life. Well, he gets up to the top and no one has smiled and he jumps. Now, he was the exception. He survived. And he said immediately after jumping, he regretted his decision. I'm going to do a timeout from the sermon for just a moment. So let's put that aside. If you ever have suicidal thoughts, listen to what he just said. Immediately after jumping, he regretted it. Please, please, please don't use a permanent action to take care of a temporary problem. Talk to someone you love and trust. Okay, back to the sermon. What if we shift our thinking about treasures from a noun, something you, you have or get, to a verb, something you do? What if just a simple smile, just doting on someone, gives them the hope that they need and the trust that people do care for them. For us to be able to um, let go of the worldly things and, and move to putting our time and energy into spiritual things, we need to look at our priorities. Uh, many of us, we, and I'm bad about this, we just take each day as it comes, then we're pretty surprised when we find out where we end up. <laughs> do, do you prioritize your walk with Jesus and make decisions on those priorities? Or do you just go with the flow and leave everything to chance? And during our faith journey, we're going to be faced with numerous choices that might come in direct conflict with how Jesus wants us to live our life. And the key is to know what matters and to be unwilling to compromise what matters most. Uh, the great Yogi Berra, 
the baseball player, said this, if you don't know where you are going, you might wind up someplace else. (laughs) If you change your priorities, it can change your life. This is what Jesus meant when he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if we're truly gonna give our best to Jesus, we have to strive to keep God first. You know, making our walk with God the main thing in our life is extremely difficult to put into practice. Uh, This week I was reading a meditation by Richard Rohr. Uh, Father Rohr is a a priest who works in the area of spirituality, how we should be connected with God. Uh, And in this meditation, he was writing about our false self and our true self. He urges that our false self is defined by our separateness from God. It's defined by the sin in our life, the things that keep us from God. And when we're disconnected from God, we seek out false things, addictive behaviors, things to fill that void in our lives. He says we tend to believe that this is who we really are, we shape ourselves by our identity, by the nouns in our life, our profession, our, our possessions, our clothes, our stuff. These things that our false self holds on to will pass away and they will wither and die. It's only our true self that is, re- that is eternal. Rohr says that we all have a case of mistaken identity. <laughs> Isn't that great? And for us to give our best to Jesus, we must keep him first. Be true to ourself and to God. And this is characterized by a deep commitment to God and to each other. You know, the main thing that we do as a church, at least I believe the main thing we do as a church, is to help each other change how we live our life so that we can give our first fruits so we can give our very best and not our leftovers. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have given us. Help us to focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen.